Chris. And terribly. Episode 40. No. Ain't it fine? It's slime time. Live from the house of grind. Jeez. That worked out right. Fucking hell. Where do we begin? What? <laughs> a week. Yeah, we, I mean, there's obviously going to be a little bit of preamble, but sweet Jesus, man. Yesterday morning, Johnny sent me a message and he was like, low key, <laughs> it's been a slow news week. And that was about 10.30 in the morning. That was about, yeah, I'll give it 10, uh, half nine, half nine, because it wasn't long after that I was like, something weird's happening in yeah, parliament yeah, and i think yeah. it's the headline so i was like yeah you're right because we had like it was just Con- liz trust kanye weston added us to talk about yeah. we had liz trust to talk about we had chris cabot to talk about and we were like yeah we gotta we gotta flesh this out buddy and then <laughs> and then something weird happened in parliament <laughs> An hour later <laughs> shit went very very wild very very, very quickly very left um, but before we get into all of that which we are going to unpack yes shout out yes our amazon music listeners yes our spotify listeners yes our apple podcast listeners yes our soundcloud listeners yes and our youtube listeners and subscribers nasty people hope you are well this could end terribly episode 49 it's your boy abiade your boy Johnny Vivaz. Hello. And we are back like we never left. Shout out Shadow who yes. rolled through on the last episode. People really enjoyed how much we fucking clashed. Um, <laughs> just a stay in a life and our friendship for the last however many years. Um, but yeah, here we are on what is one of the most significant weeks. Special broadcast. In British history. Yes. Um, and look... Let's just be very, very clear right now, right? If your expectation is that we're going to come here and just take the piss for an hour and a half, there's some semblance of truth in that. You are, you are you damn right. <laughs> but we'll keep it you very right. respectful because, Dude. I don't know, I, I don't speak ill of the dead under, mm. under any circumstances. Yeah, um, um, there's some people you can speak ill of when dead. Yeah. There's well, definitely some Let's people. see how I'm feeling. I'm currently sipping on Azerbaijani... Cognac. Aziri, please. Aziri. I mean, you can do both technically, but if you want to try and school me, you can. Shouldn't. It's both. Some Aziri cognac as they call it. Um, so in a very fancy glass as well. Yeah, yeah, yes. Cheeky. Accusing accusing me of being a Tory. I'm very cultured. Um, so let's see how I feel when this shit kicks. Yes. Although I'm concerned, we are we're both far too eligible for foreign passports to really get into the crowd. We could get shamimed. Yeah, for real. Straight out of Dover. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. Politics is going very right. Very, very fast. Um, but before we do that, Johnny, how are you? All looking, right, you know. looking lean. Thank and you very much. Looking like you're thoroughly not enjoying life. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I will say, do you know what? It's been quite a transformative uh, couple of weeks. And it sounds extremely moist, um, but. <laughs> Uh, listeners to the last episode remember I've embarked on the world's stupidest bet to lose a stone in a month Mm. I'm about two thirds of the way through uh, and I've got three weeks left to go by the time this comes out I reckon Uh, the target Mm. was just over six kilos I'm about four and a half down now Hmm. uh in in 10 days hmm. so that's nice um so that's well actually that bit's horrendous the constantly under eating is bleak 
I think we should add some conditions to this bet, though, to be fair. Why? I think you should have to maintain it for a week. That We can do separate bets afters, but you signed up. No, but I want to I want to adapt the bet. You can't adapt the bet. Why not? Because you shook hands it's on I didn't some recording. Te- technically, I didn't shake your hands. We said we didn't need to because it's on recording. Yeah, That's well, a verbal contract. You signed it in front of all, literally every listener heard you say that. I'm not sure if they did. I think they did. Anyway, uh, being under... I cam- can edit that, by be- the way. <laughs> I can replace audio. <laughs> Just bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, being under calorie read is horrendous. However, it is working. Um, but beyond the being under calorie bit, because I'm always in a bad mood anyway, um, it's been quite it's been quite a spiritual experience in quite a few ways. Spiritual, yeah, it has been, man. It has been. So, like the first one is is uh, I haven't basically haven't touched booze for three weeks. Mm. This is the first fizzy drink that I've touched mm. since the Vimto of the last episode. What is it? It's Seven Up Sugar Free, mm. uh, which is uh, which is ten calories per bottle. I can manage that. Uh, you do get better at running on on less food, uh, but combining it with exercise is a problem. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of come at a weird time because like I've altered some of the some of the books that I've been reading recently, getting out of my history hole. Uh, so people would have seen that I bought a book on mindfulness. Huh. Uh, which has become a, a, a convenient time. Hmm. Uh, a book. Are, are you okay? I'm fine. How yeah, was, yes. How was your mental health? Uh, it's in a good place. It's in a good place, relatively speaking. What provoked the purchasing of mindfulness books? Uh, this one just had a good had a good review, had a good rating. I was very aware that I'd read quite a lot of heavy history recently, mm. so I thought I'd try and branch out a little bit. Uh, I also, on the back of having enjoyed Lost Connections, which was a lot of the basis of our special episode. Yeah. Um, forever shout out uh, Ellie and Henry Big up. Uh, I wanted to kind of revisit that topic because it was very enjoyable so between that and another book uh, basically it's been mindfulness and kind of like Asian spirituality so I've read another book uh, on the topic of Ikigai which is around Japanese Zen Buddhism but Ikigai is about uh, means purpose and finding mm. a purpose in one's life and so combined with um, uh, Vietnamese Buddhist practices of mindfulness and finding a sense of purpose it's given gives one a more holistic uh, sense of what's important hmm. uh, especially when going through a physical transformation hmm. at the same time as going through mental understanding so it's been very wholesome <laughs> bro you've been going through it man yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this shit you are talking no, you, but it's been... you are fasting and you are struggling no 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 uh, you need inspiration well i don't know no, I'm joking. but it's about living more more frugally i guess and that's a lot of the part of messages of uh, mindfulness and ikigai in terms of finding purpose mm. have been about living more basically and finding meaning in existence itself I hear that. Um, so that's been very fun actually and very cost effective i'm spending a shit ton less money i also i've like explicitly found myself like not clicking buy yeah. on stuff on amazon i've been doing quite a bit of that myself yeah. actually yeah. and that's quite cathartic right just like it, it's it, it's it feels like a small development yeah uh piece to making that small switch from buying what you want to just buying when you need yeah yeah, yeah, or just realizing that saves a lot yeah, yeah. of fucking so, cash. So, like, as part of this, as part of this, like, weight change, this is gonna be a stupid example, right? But like, every, every even small wins are wins. I was like, okay, fine, I need to sweat, sweat, sweat. Let me go buy a box, uh, one of those boxing sweat tops, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's seventy five quid for the uh, box raw Hagler one. Wow, do you shop at Lululemon or something? No, it's Amazon. Ugh. But um, I was like, actually, I've got bare fucking underarmers from when I used to kick ball. Uh-huh, Does yeah. the same job. So why would I do that? Whereas like, I guess a couple months ago, I'd have been like, oh, fuck it, 75 quid, just, just spend it, right? Just spend it. So, I, I mean, half of this is bullshit because I've booked a very expensive holiday that I'm going to be brass for. Um, but anyway, the point I'm getting at is that it's been transformed. What? Wait, what? Where? Yeah, I'm going to the Dominican Republic and when? back to Miami. When? November. Huh. Going back for Art Basel, baby. This time I'll try to buy you a book that you don't have. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did say I was going to get on that, didn't I? Come. When are you going to be in Miami? Art uh, Basel. So uh, we get there on the 28th, which is the day before England v Wales, and we come back on Saturday the 3rd. So it's actually, that would be only five work days if you came for both weekends. Oh. We can talk off pod. Yeah, this could be a developing mm-hmm. story. Developing story. Yeah. A, uh, a mutual friend of ours, who I won't name because I don't think he's ready to say, <laughs> is saying that he'll be there. Oh, yeah? So... Okay. Um, Do I like that person? Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah, yeah. a mutual friend? Ah, okay, okay, okay. Shout out to him. Yes. I bumped into him at Carnival. Oh, you did? the most burst I've ever seen him in my life. Swear. Oh, my God. Shame. Holy shit. We should, we should really name and shame, but we won't yeah, for now. No, we'll no, be we guided. Won't, we won't, we won't. Um, so anyway, yeah, like I said, apart from booking this holiday, which is itself an experiential um, spend, not a, a material spend. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's been quite transformative. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Experiential. In, in, trip to Miami. Trip to Miami. Yeah. Bullshit. And an sure. all-inclusive in the Dom Rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Punta Cana. Yeah, yeah, of course. Don't know. Don't know. All, uh, all-inclusive. Yeah, uh, and be there. So basically, I'm there for the two weeks of the World Cup. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a nice two weeks. No booze, eating very healthily, losing weight, exercising every day, not touching um, any haram substances, yeah. um, getting in touch with the mental health and whatnot. It's been it's been transformative. Yeah, um, all you non-drinkers, they just you just you're a living cheat code because even me when I made drastic changes to my alcohol consumptions year one and year two of the pandemic. Not because I'm a big drinker, because I'm not a big drinker at mm. all. But when I made those changes to my life, man, my sleep quality Jesus. was amazing. Sleep is the my, first thing yeah, that goes through the yeah, roof, yeah, no? Yeah, it was amazing. My skin was amazing. And honestly, the most important thing, like my my sharpness, the sharpness mm-hmm. of my brain. Mm-hmm. I could just feel it. It was like my man, Bradley Cooper, when he takes that little see-through tablet in Limitless. Yeah, yeah. And everything just goes. Boom. So even the way that we booked the holiday, me and Ollie, shout out, went to go oh, um, nice. watch, the, uh, watch, the, watch the Spurs game. Uh, I suppose we Fulham stayed sober the game came back and we were like well we've been talking about it should we just do it boom booked it all on the spot within an hour liked it so you know when you're when you're not boozing I don't want to become a fucking evangelist but these things help you know mm. these, little, these little changes nice man good luck so you think you're going to take 100 quid of my money basically. yeah yeah yours and four other mugs are all going to pay up I don't want you to succeed I mean all that nice <laughs> that stuff you just said was all cute and nice and stuff you're my mate you're my mate but yeah I want you to actually not I want you to get fat <laughs> So anybody with very good persuasion skills. Anyone anyone who comes anyone up to me with arepas strong will see me fail. Yeah. <laughs> Churros, arepas, all of that Spanish of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, uh, how have you been, Rich? I've been chill. I've been chill. Too busy. It's just like, I don't really, I'm a homebody. I like staying at home, God damn mm. it. But there's been a lot of things going on that have been taking me out of my house. Um, so that's been enjoyable. Um... I read read my book on uh, on mindfulness to help you compartmentalize it. Man, I'm 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 always on that stuff. I'm always trying to actively clear out things in my life, in my mind, material things. I'm always trying to get rid of and mm. sell. I'm the annoying person who's just like, do we need this? Have you used it in a year? If you haven't, because you're not going to use it in another year, so we mm. got. I'm that guy. I'm constantly sort of like trying to make things very feng shui and as you say, quite zen like. Mm. Um, Tick. Uh, what's his name? Thich Nhat Hanh, that's it. The Miracle of Mindfulness. Okay. Very small book. Right. Uh, it's not preachy, mm-hmm. but the dude is a, is a Nobel, Prize, Nobel Prize winning, Nobel Peace Prize winning monk. Nice. So I recommend to everyone get onto it. Nice. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I am, I'm good. Uh, everything is pretty blessed. Obviously, I'm going to be in London a lot more now. Yes. Since the work situation's changed a little bit. Um, Promotions. But yeah, nah, everything is, everything is blessed. Everyone I love 
feels the love and is blessed too. So we thank God. Amen. We thank God. Yes. <sighs> Boy. It's happened. It's the, I think I phrased it as the headline. Mm. Did I not in, in the chat? Yeah. The headline is coming. So we were chilling, as I said before, we were talking about, and you know, as podcasters, this is quite a nervous situation the day before recording when there's not really much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we were discussing the fact that there was not much to talk about. And then all of a sudden, Johnny, um, who obviously uh, being the political correspondent was watching House of Commons Naturally. and noticed that there was some commotion taking place at the front where Liz Truss and Keir Starmer sit. A message was passed to Liz Truss and then the message was passed to my lovely ginger, Angela Rayner, <laughs> who then passed the message to Keir and then all shit went down. And Johnny was like, mm, there could be two outcomes here. I think you said it's got to be like maybe something to do with terrorism, but maybe we would have heard about it or it's got to be something to do with the queen. A very good shout. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then I went to Twitter immediately, um, which obviously you guys know I don't really do. And then obviously that's when you start seeing, uh-oh, might be the queen. And then we started hearing everybody is going to Balmoral to go and say, to go and see her. Oh, no, actually first Buckingham Palace made a statement, which was not pretty uncommon. They don't, they don't, re- do they don't really do that yeah. at all. And she never liked statements about her health. She considered it a private matter, which yeah. is weird. And I work for a news organization. Um, so I have access to basically all news sources in the world at any given time. So... I started doing a little bit of research and I started seeing all the family members going to Balmoral where the Queen was and like Harry and Meghan were in the UK conveniently and they made their way over there. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, she's kicked it. She's most definitely kicked it. it. it but, then, but then what obviously followed that was a great deal of uncertainty. BBC changed their programming um, from regular programming to just bbc news and like hugh edwards back yeah to they back. picked they 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 grabbed in um the the the, the main guy big hugh daddy. edwards big daddy hugh i don't want to call him big daddy you um <laughs> how did i fall in how did i follow you disgusting big daddy hugh um <laughs> and what we noticed about him it was that he was already in all black yeah um which said to me that he had fallen into bad boy piece of information Mm. and then obviously everybody who was (laughs) anybody started talking about their sources telling them that this thing had already happened um and you know as far as i was concerned yeah the omens weren't really that great sure enough we found out at around half six that a couple of hours before queen elizabeth ii was no longer with us and had passed away at the almighty, the almighty age of 96 after 70 years at the helm. So look, I just want to get the respect out of the way first. Yo, 70 years at the helm, 96 years old. Johnny, come on, man. Come on, come on. This is our queen. This is our queen. Come on. I mean, she's not even the longest reigning monarch. She tinned it two years before Louis the Fourteenth. He lasted longer, so I don't want to. Let's, can we keep focus? Don't want to applaud a silver can medalist. Keep focus. She lost to a Bourbon. They don't she, even exist anymore. She had been going obviously through some health complications for the last few years. I mean, famously at ninety-five years old, told COVID to fuck off, um, and obviously in the last eighteen months, she has witnessed her, the love of her life. Ninety-nine-year-old. Big Prince Phil 
pass away last year. Um, many have rightly commented that at that stage, that would have been a pretty reasonable time for her to, to, to pack it all in and say, mm. I'm done. But she didn't. Um, you hear many stories about people dying of a broken heart. She didn't. She survived the loss of her cousins very she, well. She lost the... Fair. Yeah, what? They were cousins. I, look, look, hey, <laughs> I don't want to... Hey, <laughs> I mean... They were, they were cousins. Let me just... Please continue. Yeah, let me... Yeah. Because <laughs> when you say stuff like that, I, I, am, I am guilty by association with I, your, with your well. nonsense, okay? <laughs> um, we'll get the potty together. <laughs> and obviously what has followed is what we are in now, which is a national state of mourning which is going to last for 10 days ah. leading up to the funeral which will take place next week monday at the time you are listening to this look we did question at some point i can't remember maybe it was like around episode 40 ish mm. when we were like we ain't seen her in a while yeah and we thought she had gone and it took a couple of weeks until we saw her again but what made it quite clear to all that her health was at a really bad stage was when Liz Trust, the new PM, who we're going to talk about soon, went to visit her when she was, what's the word? Sworn in as the new PM. We saw pictures of the queen for the first time in a while and she looked very frail. She had like uh, like purple hands because, you know, it looked like, the, you know, she had been using, like somebody used like a cannula on her or whatever it might be, and blood thinning, all these theories coming out. So it was very clear to all that she wasn't getting better naturally mm. but what we didn't expect was a day after putting the blessing on Liz Trust as the new PM she would no longer be with us herself <sighs> naturally this has opened up quite a bit of fleshy debate as to mm. how we as citizens should approach mourning her mm. remembering her mm. I want to get the salute out of the way first by saying anybody, and this is me being very, very nice because I'm a nice guy. Anybody who is dedicated to that crown, to that duty, to that civil service deserves recognition and a round of applause. Do they? So that's what I want to start off by what saying. Service she exactly? is probably the last of the popular monarchs. I don't think the monarchy has anybody who ever reaches or reached the popularity of Princess Diana. But I think the Queen was probably most people's close second. What now happens, obviously, is we have to the absolute disdain of all UK rappers <laughs> King Charles the third her son who is now our ruler so rappers are gonna have to change all those bars about Lizzie this and Lizzie that and Lizzie this and chasing Lizzie that, Charlie right? you know what I mean it's gonna be all about Charlie now it's gonna be a double entendre because Charlie means you know what I mean as well bad things yeah haram haram stuff flower mm. as Santa Marine Helsinki president might call it yes flower gang yes but naturally this has also caused quite a bit of controversy because of what the royal family stand ah, for there you go. There so is. i have given a very fleshy introduction to what has happened in the last few days i want to salute the queen mm. 
I want to say rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I want to say that on the face of things, she always upheld herself to a very high level of dignity and all the stuff that we Mm. are aware they stand for didn't necessarily emanate from her in all of her duties in the public. Mm. But the reality is the royal family do stand for quite a bit of fuckery. And at that stage, I'm going to sip my Aziri cognac and pass over to Johnny Vivas, who's smiling like a motherfucker. I mean, well, what do you say? What do you say? Like I said, we've got to be very careful. We're on a um, border force tightrope here. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say Twitter was filled with content over the last few days. Uh, and that was certainly something to behold. It's always sad when someone loses a family member, right? And that's, I can understand in that context, it's tough for Charles, it's tough for William, for Harry. It's tough um, for the nonce one. It's tough for the other ones who aren't nonces. Uh, it's tough losing a grandmother. And so soon after um, Phil the Greek, yeah, it's tough. And in that context, fine. But like, to what to what extent do we owe the country? To, to what extent does the country owe the Queen anything, really? What was her contribution? Okay, fine. Like, <laughs> she's a useful a useful tool of capital to roll out uh, when trying to do shit like the Olympics Mm. and, and impress on the global stage. But she's really just the last bastion of a lost sense of status that this country has left um, and occupied a chair that paid her a lot of money her whole life. No wonder she kept the job for 70 years. I wouldn't fucking quit. Yeah, for real. I wouldn't. And um, you raise a good point before I let you continue spitting. The amount of people this week who have just rehashed and recycled that one bar. Yeah about how much money they bring to this country in tourism. Oh, they don't. It, it made me go to Google, bruv. Mm. And it was so funny because I was arguing this shit at work and they were like, but tourism though, they bring in hundreds of millions. I was like, hold that thought, went to Google. Mm. Revenue from royal family. It was something like 50 million a yeah. year. And I was like, and then I just said something flippant, like Madam Two Swords does more than that. And then yeah. they laughed me out of the room. And I don't like being laughed at Johnny. So I, went, so I went back on Google. <laughs> and what did you find? And, and obviously I hit, I hit up the Google search bar yeah. with, Madame Tussauds revenue. Yeah. Turns out Madame Tussauds are owned by Merlin, who also own Alton Towers. Right. They are generating 1.6 billion a year. <laughs> so please. So the wax queen makes more. Are we no levels? The wax queen makes more than the, the actual wax one. work of the queen. <laughs> it's probably generating more peas, more peas yeah. than the queen. But the most visited. And then you have to take into account how much it costs to fucking upkeep the royal family. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. So like the most visited, I think the single most visited tourist site in Europe is the Palace of Versailles. Mm. Right, and the French haven't had royals in their fucking hundreds of years mm, like they, mm, they mm. seem to be dealing fine with it um, whenever you ask anyone like what has the queen done in 70 years like what uh, public service she public like she's meaningfully like okay the one thing I'll give her credit for is that she she actually turned up when Theresa May didn't to Grenfell and mm. that's fine she exercised that Big kind of use of image um, to present solidarity or some kind of sympathy with people when the government when her government didn't um, but at the same time, you know, people want to present this sense of duty that she served. And it, this the sense of duty is, is presented within the context of the office that she holds and, and, and her responsibility of it. But at the beginning of her reign, um, Britain was still very much a declining but an empirical power, right? Um, there's this much fated speech of hers where in on her 21st birthday in South Africa, where she makes reference to whether her life is long or short, it will be devoted to public service. But in that same speech, she makes the point of, uh, of noting that, that she feels very much a part, or the people of South Africa have made her feel welcome 
da 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 very much a part of the imperial family to which we all belong. And so this sense of empire and her yeah. being at the top of it was first and foremost in her mind. In the context of her rule, whilst she was still at the head of empire, uh, the British were running concentration camps in Kenya um, and uh, imprisoning millions in, in Kenya. Why do you say it like that? You said Kenya. Yeah, that was the imperial way of saying it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was an intellect flex. A little bit. Very good. Thank you. Carry on. Um, they were still imprisoning millions of people and suppressing, brutally suppressing uh, rebellions, uh, notwithstanding the fact that delivering a speech in the context of, of an imperial family in South Africa during apartheid is also very, very sus. Um, she didn't apologize for any of the crimes of uh, colonialism, which were done in either by her family or uh, at the mandate of her family. Um, well, she didn't recognize them really, let alone apologize for them. Mm -hmm. um, and beyond acting as a useful tool for the new post-war capital class, the royal family really haven't done much good for the common people to the extent that actually that even the prince's trust is now being done for dodging taxes. But there were also a bunch of leaks that came out last year um, that were conveniently swept under the carpet that she lobbied for a change in law to hide her own private wealth. And she sent private solicitors to secure ex exemption from transparency laws. Uh, the royals used um, an, a long-standing secretive procedure um, to review um, laws ranging from Brexit to inheritance to land policy. Um, and she also secretly lobbied for Scottish ministers to review climate law exemptions to make her the only person exempt from climate change. Um, She's protecting harmonies. Harmonies, yeah. Uh, and also as acting as the H in HMRC um, probably has ways of avoiding the tax. I would say so. That she should be paying. I would say so, yes. Um, so in terms of like what, what the queen has offered the country, I mean, it's bizarre. Even if we go back to the context of like finding the last deserving royal. And, you know, people make a lot of bluster about Churchill got us through the war. Churchill didn't really get us through the war. The Americans and the Soviets got us through the war. And oh, we kind of just, say that. we just managed to hold out for long enough. Oh, Anyone Americans who listen to this will argue to the contrary on that stuff. No, they they're going to love that. I mean, they did. They turned up in Italy and God fucking damn it, bailed us out. We just about held on long enough. And Hitler was stupid enough to turn the planes around and try and bomb Russia instead of finishing us off. Anyway, what really kept the public going through World War II, as much as Churchill's bluster, was, was her old man was George VI. And the decision of the royal family to stay in Buckingham Palace during the Blitz um, was important. And there was a lot of reference given to George VI. And so he was a deserving, um, he was a deserving royal in that context, of course, still as the head of empire and committing atrocities across the planet and his name wasn't great. Uh, but in that context, um, did offer something to the people of this country at that time. What has Elizabeth offered, really? I mean, uh, she, yeah, she kept, she, she didn't die in the job. She survived 70 years. And that, that's impressive. Yes, but, it is. Um, but within, within, the, within the role, what, what do you remember? Beyond like a fleeting visit, perhaps to one corner of Brixton or Peckham 25 years ago, what did, what did she do? They, they kind of just sit in, they sit in palaces and, and earn money off the land. It's the last vestiges of feudalism. Um, and it's not even it's not even cool in an impressive way because they don't have any power of dictat anymore. It's not like they can actually do anything. Yeah. They're just kind of sucking taxes, and they they're willed out. Um, they're willed out and kept in place by the new um, capital class who really willed power in the post war world, post World War Two world. And they're kind of willed out to maintain this pretense of order, um, mm. and they are the last bastion of actively I I incorporating a constitution, as we nearly found out to our detriment. Yeah. when Boris was running roughshod and refusing to resign uh, yeah. and took someone else from the ruling class to step in. 
Big uh, facts. Um, I actually thought that on the story of King Charles, mm -hmm. that there was something a few years ago, which was like, he's not going to take over from her because of his age. Do you remember that? There was rumors about that, but I don't think it was ever realistic. So he's like 73 years old. Yeah. And he's actually got to start working now. Yes, yeah, his first day of work. Good luck Fucking to him. lit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I, I'm, I'm quite confused that he's gone for, he's gone for, he's gone for Charles III, uh, which is a risky name uh, because there have only been two Charles in the past, right? Very varying fortunes. Um, one of them, uh, Charles II, uh, was greeted back from Europe as a hero and asked to reunify the country after the disastrous days of um, Oliver Cromwell and his son's attempt at rule in the Republic, married a Portuguese Bedeen, um, and lived out a relatively decent Gang. life. And his son got to take over. The other Charles, Charles I, his dad, had his head chopped off. So very binary yeah, uh, in yeah. terms of royal precedent. You could Which have gone, way is it going to go for C3? For C3. I mean, he could have gone for a regular name. He could have gone for George, a bit more stable. C3. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out Chris Paul. Uh, could have gone for a shout George. Shout out Lil Wayne. Shout out Lil Wayne. <laughs> could have gone for a George. Because you know they don't have to use their own name, right? So they can pick whatever. They can pick whatever. So they're meant to really only pick one of their own middle names. So he could have been like Lord Boniface. Or King Boniface. Well, Boniface isn't one of his names, but he could have been a William. He could oh. have been a something else. Yeah. So, so, so it's got to be one of his names. One of the middle names. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So oh, like okay. Queen Victoria, her name wasn't Victoria. Mm -hmm. Her name was Alexandrina. She was named after uh, her godfather, who was Alexander I of mm -hmm. Russia. He was a Tsar. Uh, anyone who's watched uh, the, the Queen on Netflix will know that her old man, uh, George VI, was called Bertie. His name was Albert. He wasn't, he wasn't a George either. Only went for George uh, to restore some semblance of um, stability after his brother abdicated. Okay. His Nazi brother wanted to marry a divorced American. And mm. so he had to abdicate yeah, I, the throne. I did read about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually Victoria's uh, own son, Edward VII, uh, was also called Albert. Um, so it's called a regnal name. So he could have chosen anything and he's gone for very, very binary choice mm. um, with Charles. Good luck to him. So... The future is Will. William. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, fucking hell. King Charles is like, what, 73 years old. And have you seen that brother's hands? Yeah, then it, it's not giving that, great it, Connery <laughs> health. Brother, it's, it's looking not so it's great for the king. Great. Yeah. Google King Charles's fingers. Sausage uh, them. Thank me later. Yes. There's also pictures of his toes from where he went to some sort of uh, mosque, I believe, on a trip. Yeah. Um, Big fan of Islamic studies, funnily enough. Oh, interesting. Yeah, his, I, I uh, just, he's the head of a, a college at Cambridge or a study. Uh, did, did you have Cambridge or Oxford? Did you have people messaging you, offering condolences? Yes, <laughs> had a German friend who was like, "I'm sorry for your loss," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I was like, I'm running out of family members, Yo. bro. Like, Would you? You can't scare me like that. Shit. I had. <laughs> I had, one parent left. <laughs> I had an American guy who's like based in Hong Kong who, shout out Ed, I ain't seen him in a long time. And he knows I don't give a fucking shit about mm. this. But he still sent me a message saying, yo, condolences about the queen, bro. And I was like, all right. And at work, <laughs> and at work, I was, uh, I was at an event yesterday celebrating someone I know who got an OBE. And the irony about it is that we found out about the death because the person who was interviewing her as part of the panel discussion of this event, who is like the, uh, the editor in chief of where I work, announced it. So you got the OBE that was given to her by King Charles actually, not the queen. Mm. Um, 
an event centered around that on the day that she dies. It was, it was really ironic. But before we went in, I was speaking to someone and she's like Latvian, one of my colleagues. And um, yeah, we have a bit of an up and down relationship. But like, she comes to me, she's like, oh, I really just don't understand. I really don't know how the British public are doing and how they're gonna be doing for the future in terms of their mental health as a result of this death. They're blessed, they're down and a pub. And I was like, it's blessed. I was like, I, I mean, I'll be all right. <laughs> and she was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, she's got 96 years uh, under her belt. It's proper innings. Right, she did really, really good innings, yeah. right? Um, I think like most things, we're probably just gonna like crack on with life after the funeral and stuff. And she's well, like, we're gonna keep calm and carry on. We're gonna emotionally repress it. That's yeah, and what then the I just, do. And then I just got, I got accused of being a hater like multiple times. Right, okay. I'm apparently a hater because my mental health isn't gonna be adversely affected yeah. by this death. As well uh, as- so uh, Shout out both of those people because yeah, they, as, they clearly do not know me. As much as internalizing capitalism, what I should now internalize fucking feudalism yeah. as well. Is that, is that the argument? Although I actually, for one, I have high hopes for Charles. Mm. I have high hopes for Charles. Why? Well, his grandson came out a bit African <laughs> uh, and he wanted nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. right? So if he takes the same approach to the diamonds, we could be on the road to reparations here. Right? Oh yeah, true. Right? Big facts. That one of the crown is worth 400 million quid. Yeah. We're building schools, roads, and hospitals, baby. Yeah. The British Empire's paying back. Lagos could hold some of that. Could I mean, do with it. almost everywhere can hold yeah, some no, of no, that. There's a stretch I, I, I mean, I'm from trying the Med to, to the South Atlantic. I've got to take care it. of my people first. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, Ghana, Ghana doing all right. You know? we need, They're fine. We, we need the cash. They're fine. Um, actually, give no cash to Nigeria right now. We need to sort the election out <laughs> first. <laughs> to see, sort out our see politicians. See who gets in. So, um, as I mentioned at the start of this, this has been causing quite a bit of debate. If you've been in any WhatsApp chat, if you've been on Instagram, if you've been anywhere, this has clearly got two sides to the story. You've got a whole bunch of people who are quiet. Oh, the English English and, are actually yeah. upset. They're actually They're upset. Quiet. The people who are quiet, people who haven't posted anything are the ones who are basically saying, hmm, you expect me to cry? Do you want me to go out mm -hmm. and die because she has died? Mm -hmm. And then you've got all the other, the English English who are kind of just like uploading all the videos. Just And Sense you know, one, yeah, one line that keeps on coming up, which is, I'm trying not to bite at, mm. is when people are like, no matter what your views are on imperialism and colonialism, you have to admit that this was a great woman. That's kind of like saying, and please, as the Jewish guy, please yeah. correct me if yes. I'm wrong. It's kind of like being... Look, I don't know what your views are. No matter what your views are on genocide of Jews, yeah. Hitler was a uh, political genius. Listen, Similar. Whatever you think, Similar. Whatever you think about gas chambers, um, <laughs> he was a great builder of roads. Right. And it's it's time that we focus on our it? privilege of driving. Why do people keep saying this it's shit? It's fucking like, mad. It's so mad. Um, and some people have swung the other way in a big, big way. Um, shout out. Oof. Shouldn't say shout out, really. But I said it anyway. <laughs> Kudos to Trevor. Sinclair. Oh, yes. Ex-footballer. Yes. Who basically used his Twitter page to say anybody who's black or brown should not be crying. Oh, you should yeah. not be mourning. Yes. And obviously that opened him up to quite a lambasting. Yes. Um, how do you feel about that debate about how people are mourning and this sort of idea that irrespective of how you feel and how you're the generations um, that you are from and the generations before you have absolutely been adversely affected by colonialism in one way or the other are being told that now is not the time so i'm going to do something quite rare and give breadments to jeremy corbyn um oh, yeah because i think he was the what he's the person who's come out with the best expression of anything post event and so he tweeted my thoughts with the queen's family as they come to terms with their personal loss as well as those here and around the world who mourn her death 
I enjoyed discussing our families, gardens, and jam making with her. May she rest in peace. And the reason that I referenced that tweet is because it speaks to the point of feeling sympathy for people who've lost a family member, an important family member to them, whilst simultaneously being able to maintain the view that the institution that she profited from, benefited from, and ran did horrendous things for 100 mm. years. Uh, not in Corbyn's case, but in the case of black and brown people, did horrendous things to them mm. and to their ancestors, mm. for which they are yet to receive any kind of yep. acknowledgement, let alone apology. Yeah. Um, it's funny what the Free Speech Brigade um, determine appropriate or not to free speech about. Mm. Um, it, it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a toxic point to make, but you can be fairly sure that um, if the Ayatollah, if Ayatollah Khomeini was taken out or if Putin was taken out, um, or some other um, unsavory character to the Western eye, um, you would not really, you would have arguably the same conservative commentariat celebrating their death openly. Um, and so what this is, comes down to a matter of perspective, um, but it's a more personal experience than perspective because uh, there are people in this country of black and brown and other descent who will have grandparents with memories. Uh, there, yeah. are, there are still people of our age especially people, for example, from Kenya, uh, who will have grandparents who will remember uh, the camps in the 50s mm. uh, and will remember the suppression of rebellions yep. and will still discuss uh, people and things that were lost. And there are Nigerians who, uh, especially Igbos in, in the Southeast, um, who will have family uh, in the Biafran conflict mm -hmm. who will remember how the British government armed uh, brutal suppression of an independence movement. Facts. Uh, and so... This this concept of like policing how people grieve, I think people are entitled to to be sad or not be sad, but people are also entitled to remember uh, the meaning of her office in context. Mm. You can't expect people, um, you can't expect people to sugarcoat or to be pleased um, that or be, be upset that somebody who represents an office that did so much destruction to their family um, has has passed on. They certainly don't need to be forced into 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 pretense yeah. of obedience um, because that isn't a free society yeah um, and that isn't that isn't a, there isn't there isn't pluralism that isn't liberty that's that's tyranny that's tyranny of thought yeah. and i don't think that she wanted to preside over a country um that acted that way herself i want to thank lizzie for her life and for everything she achieved while she was here that was positive what did she achieve that was positive but Posthumously, I also want to thank Lizzie for causing a postponement in all Premier League fixtures. Yeah. For maybe the next two weeks. Yeah, it's going to save Liverpool. I say that as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, it's bleak. Whose team needs a very desperate break. Although, funnily enough, um, when... Um, but, but I'm on the topic of things that have been cancelled because in this national state of mourning that we're mm. in, the country's kind of shut the bed. Mm. The Bank of England interest rate decision's been delayed. I saw yeah. something today about the Met Office not giving I mean, that's an like, eventuality anyway. Okay, but they, there was something about the Met Office not giving like yeah, weather, out of weather respect, updates. Out of respect, we're not going to tell you it's raining. for the Queen. We're not going to give you weekly weather updates. Fam, you might just want a day off, just say it. We all want if, a day off, If you it? just want a day off, just tell us. Yeah. Like, and obviously this leads up, as I said, to the funeral, which is going to be in 10 days, but... What's gone very silent is how many bank holidays we're going to get because yeah, very quiet. Inquiring minds would like to know. Yes, well, inshallah, there's one for the for the actual state funeral, which should be Monday week. 
Um, Everyone was sweating because if that funeral fell on a weekend, we would have got fuck all apparently. Fuck all, yeah. <laughs> that would have been apparently, awful. apparently they've made us a concession. They're going to nudge it a day. Um, but funnily enough, uh, when George VI died, they cancelled the posh sports. So horse racing stopped, uh, cricket stopped. I believe the rugby stopped. Uh, but the football was allowed to go on because the commoners were just allowed to crack on with mm. it. This time it's the opposite. Football's been cancelled. The rugby's carrying on and the cricket at the test against South Africa is, is starting again. One of my friends had like a really sweet romantic idea. He was like, football should still be on because it's very powerful to have on average 30 mm -hmm. to 40,000 people paying tribute before and after games potentially. But he was also like, maybe the matches should be like 96 minutes long and then on 70 minutes they do a clap or a moment of silence. And I thought that was like pretty cute. Yeah, quite that's nice. not bad. It's quite nice. That's not bad. Um... But well, they should be playing the games. The last, yeah, I think they should as well. Um, the last point I want to talk about, which we've kind of touched upon and alluded to, is the future of the royals, of the monarchy and the Commonwealth with obviously this surgence of separation and independence coming from the likes of Barbados and Jamaica, of course, who are talking about it now the most. What is the future in your mind with regards to the royal family and potential breakaways in the future. You think we're gonna see, you think this is gonna be the opportunity that they all strike at? Or do you think it's just gonna be a couple of anomalies? So so an achievement of the queen, whether or not you deem it meritous, uh, was building the Commonwealth uh, from the ruins of, of empire and getting countries to sign up uh, and keep on or accept her as, as head of state. Curiously enough, the title of head of Commonwealth isn't hereditary. Charles doesn't necessarily get that. They have been lobbying for it in the last few years. Um, but multiple prime ministers of Australia, for example, have basically said that when Lizzie when goes, goes, it's, it's, done. it's time, time to bounce. Interesting. Uh, and I think other countries will say the same thing. Uh, I think that as, as former colonies get braver, basically in discussing the concept of, uh, of colonial crimes in the context of having other economic partners, when, you know, these guys are no, these countries are no longer beholden to a unipolar Western order which makes them able to hold the former West accountable for their crimes of colonialism. Um, they're speaking more of it. And I think that these movements will gain popularity across the Caribbean and across mm. Africa, and we'll see more Republican bids. Um, mm. There was maybe some social credit in the bank. Um, God knows um, the Caribbeans and the African aunties, they love Diana and by extent, they had a bit of time for the queen. Yep. I don't think that credit passes down I agree. to Charlie. That's what I said at the start. I think the popularity... The popularity stakes are very much against the yeah. royal family as a result of his yeah. death. And I, I think, mean. and I think that as I think, it, I think if I were a politician, I think it would be an extremely easy jingoistic card to play. Yeah. Uh, we've spoken multiple times um, about the uh, power of politics no longer being in the middle. It's a very easy way to rile up a supporter base by saying, "Well, this is time for us to take a brave step and take back control um, and forge our own identity in the future." Um, come out of the shackles and the shadow of empire and be a brave mm -hmm. republic all throughout the Caribbean. So I think we're going to see more of that. Um, and this is, I think this is it. She, the people have been saying that she's the last connection one to a, to a world of cooperative world, mm. uh, more uh, a world of greater consensus. Um, but now that she's gone, not only are we not in that world anymore, it's the last vestiges of empire. This is the end of, of Britain um as as we know it i think or as anyone knew it but more importantly to us here than the empire breaking up and the commonwealth trading away from us it, it could be the end of the united kingdom you know she was a major tool of the conservative ruling class um and an icon 
for keeping the country as a sense of unity because she was an object of continuity. And now that object of continuity has gone as much as it may embolden countries in the Caribbean and Africa to break away, it's going to increase the likelihood of Scotland and Northern Ireland wanting to do the same thing. And so I think we, after her, not only do we see a more disunited Commonwealth, but we see a more disunited kingdom. Uh, and I think yep. that her reign has probably precipitated the last vestiges of downfall for the homeland um, after the empire collapsed. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, yeah. rest in peace. What a run. Yeah. Um, in innings, I'll give it God that. bless you and all of that. As we segue to the person who killed her, potentially killed her, who killed her basically, who took her out. There's <laughs> <laughs> so only, you only it room was, for one lizard in, in this town. Yeah, exactly. What do you reckon it was? You reckon it was like a really overly firm handshake or something? I reckon, like, she, just, I reckon she just like sneezed within 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, like Queen Lizzie was just like, ah, oh, yeah, we're very fucked. I'm out. Yeah, this is it now. <laughs> We're on the, you're on the fourth turn, the fourth turn of shitty leadership. This is fucking I pointless. I can't deal with it. I can't keep blessing these yeah. monk, these fucking idiots. I cannot keep giving these idiots my blessings. I, I think need to leave. the idea of Liz Truss speaking at her funeral probably killed her. <laughs> Mental. But yeah, nah, we have a new leader. We've been talking about this, obviously, for uh, the last few episodes. This has all been happening as the voting has taken place. It was Rishi versus Liz at the end. Liz, worst kept secret in the Conservative Party, obviously won. Rishi probably got more of the vote than anybody expected. Here we are with probably one of the least, can't believe I'm saying this again, one of the least impressive leaders we have had in ever. generations. Ever, I'd say ever. Um, I'd genuinely say ever. And et voila, enter Liz. Fucking hell, it's bleak, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, like, Cameron took office and you were like, okay, mm. he's obviously a prick. Uh, and we all thought the Lib Dems might help out a little bit. But like, you weren't concerned the guy was actually a moron, yeah. right? Then Theresa May took over and you were like, holy fuck, Palpatine's running the empire now. Uh, but again, not functionally an idiot. Uh, then Boris comes in, you're like, okay, a lot of bluster, a lot of blah, 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 often very baffed, but also not a moron, yeah. right? Liz Truss, I genuinely fear, is actually an idiot. Yeah. It's actually an idiot. I've given plenty of anecdotes in the past of um, recommendations and uh, Google reviews of her as a person from people in the know. And it's it's not good. Mm. It's not good. Um, and Liz Trust, in case you've forgotten, was a liberal Democrat, anti-monarchy, pro-Europe, pro-Remain... Republican. Republican. Yeah. Who then decided, you know what's better for my career? <laughs> a cheeky little reversal of all of yeah, that Yeah, let shit. me just switch that. Um, her parents are socialists. Yeah. Yeah, her old man refused to campaign for her. Yeah, yeah, apparently he's pissed. <laughs> Gang. I hear that. <laughs> I would be, I'd be fucking fuming if my kid turned out to be Tory, let alone Tory Prime I Minister. I mean, it's definitely going to happen. Fuck. No way. Absolutely yeah. no chance. I mean, yeah, I, th I think, I think the next time uh, rich kids, poor kids get in touch with you, it will be when your son is rich enough to actually go on the show. <laughs> He's going to be hella Tory. I am. Well, I just, <laughs> inshallah, I will not be on this island by the time that happens. This Bro, country's I'm, fucked. I'm sure they have some Dominican version that you can yeah. still join. <laughs> Wherever the fuck you catch are, me in the back end. Catch you. you'll catch me in the back end of the Venezuelan jungle post-American <laughs> coup, just hiding. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, look, and a lot has been said about Liz Truss. We don't necessarily want to 
really go over some of the comments. We know what she stands for. You know what her politics are going to be like. But what was also quite interesting, obviously, was the appointments that she made quite early. Obviously, with a new leader comes a new cabinet. And she made a few headlines in the aftermath of her winning because she was the very first prime minister to appoint or who appointed no white men in the four premier most senior Great positions. Great officers of state. What's it called? Great officers of Great state. Great officers of state. And if you don't know what that is, that is Chancellor of the Exchequer, Foreign Secretary. Yeah. Health. Home. Home Secretary. And what was the other one? First Lord of the Chancellor. Bang. Which is Prime Minister. Um, so she got a little headline for being diverse and inclusive, apparently. Haram. Uh, haram, haram. The problem haram. is, it's like James Cleverly, quasi Quarteng. And to be fair, I don't really know Suella Braverman. Oh my God. She's maybe the only person more stupid than Liz Truss. Although really? fair enough, quasi Quarteng basically got the job. Apparently, allegedly, let me just say this one quickly. Go on. His, he was piping down Liz Truss for time. Say word. Yeah, he was piping it down. But also there was that rumor back in the day, allegedly, that uh, Liz Truss is, how do we phrase this? Open to multiple entrances in her shenaniganery. Um, and is known... Hey, is I'm, known I'm, I think I'm warming to her. Is known for having spads on the desk, quote. Oh my God. Yeah, that was, that was the rumour mill. Allegedly, uh, according to sources. You know, not there, us. You know, we didn't there, say that. You know, there are just some couples that you just don't want to imagine banging. Yeah, that's, that's one of them. Like, it's like one-dimensional sex that quasi-quarting and Liz Trust. Straight missionary. Brother. Straight missionary. But like... Awkward slow mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not even like a nice slow one. Like wine, it never just... actually clicks, but no. but because he's so under sex, he busts a nut and it's just done anyway. Oof, done, yeah. And she's just like, oh my God, that was amazing. She's got her, she's got like her, her loo roll pre-prepped by the side. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. ready to like It's not her first rodeo. No, no, yeah, she, yeah. She, I, I, it's impressive to find a politician, and I'm going to say it, a black politician with less source than Matt Hancock. <laughs> that itself is an achievement. Yeah, and that's the thing that was quite frustrating for me. And I've had a couple of white people um, who I work with, really good white people, that sounds mad to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? God damn it. People who understand diversity and inclusion, right? Who were coming up to me and they were like, isn't it good? And I'm like, well. Not really the Tories. The thing, yeah, the thing is like, whatever your political standing is, right? Quasi Quarting isn't inspirational or aspirational at all for me. No. Um, James Cleverly. They're also all four of them private squad educated. So yeah, it's not like even less to so. Story. And to be honest, I don't mind that. You know, when people were talking about Rishi Sunak and his wealth and... The fact that most of the time these politicians have to play. But he didn't pretend to be rags to riches. No, but they always use the fucking phrase humble beginnings and all that shit. And Bullshit. it's just not true. But he Bullshit. did use that. He may not have said like I was poor, but he did say humble beginnings. Well, and Winchester, to be honest, the, pro off. the problem is, is that like they get forced into that position. And I'm like, bro, I can't, I, I'd rather my, in some respects, I'd rather my PM be rich because I don't want them to be doing all kinds of nonsense with expenses and all this other shit because they're underpaid. And we've had that discussion about them being underpaid mm. and the fact that they have to take secondary jobs and stuff. So I don't mind that because you can get people who are rich who get it. They may not necessarily get it fully, but they, if they are as smart and as, and as proven um, as Rishi was in his space, it can potentially work out, especially if his mandate is sorting out the economy when he was the chancellor of the exchequer. Um, I don't mind if you are privately educated, but for me, I don't look at Quasi Quarting as somebody who is actively trying to bring in man after him who look like him. Mm. So that for me is a big issue. Mm. If you're looking at somebody like, uh, what's the roundhead name again? 
who was before Rishi as Chancellor of the Exchequer, Roundhead, Roundhead. Sajid Javid. Sajid Javid. Rishi Sunak was basically his protege. Yep. Right? And say what you want to say about Sajid Javid. Sajid Javid. I actually think he's a decent man. I think he's a decent man. I don't know his history. There may be some things that I'm missing out, but I think he's a decent man. And that's a clear example of what I mean. Like he has identified this guy who looks like him, who's younger than him, who's got a future. He's brought him in and has basically groomed him to succeed him yeah. when that whole thing happened. I don't see Quasi Karting doing that. I don't see James Cleverly doing that. So when people are like, oh, it's a diverse cabinet, for who? Yeah, good who's, point. Who's, who's Kemi Badenoch helping out? Yeah. Who? So, yeah. We are at the, in the midst of what people are worried about being an even more dramatic shift towards the right by Liz Trust, but clearly her first priority is sorting out whether or not I can turn on my heating. Yes, next month ah. until next April. What a plan! What a what a clear, fantastically well organized plan. How do you think she's going to get on with that shit? Well, she's just going to give a shit ton of cash to corporations, right? I think it came out that the wife of a Shell executive gave something like fifty grand to her election campaign, Mazza. and that's been paid off very handsomely because she's just passed a hundred thirty billion pound package to energy firms uh, and now people will people will have said to me but what about um uh what about uh the, the how will the companies uh, afford to pay it? is this nelson mandela uh no it was face checker <laughs> good afternoon i'm calling from your bank how will these companies afford to pay or to finance uh, anything right it's fucking stupid right because uh first uh, alternative rather than saddling us with debt uh, would have been to raise something between 75, 95, or even the whole 130 billion in windfall taxes. When you're the government, you can do that if you choose to. She's mm. chosen not to. She's chosen not to tax the oil and gas companies. What she also could have done is structured the financing uh, that these poor, desperate, record-making oil and gas companies uh, in the term of a loan. She could have loaned these companies money and said the government will guarantee you liquidity and financing and then when, you know, when, it's, when things are going a little bit better and you're not making record profits anymore, you can pay us back the cash. What has happened instead is that we're going to issue a shit ton of debt that our kids are going to have to pay off and we're going to have to pay off over time. Uh, and that's going straight into the coffers of these energy companies um, to subsidize their tearing our eyes out. Um, fucking 60 million people at the same time isn't cheap. Uh, and apparently these companies need 130 billion quid to do it. Why aren't we like France, Portugal, I think Spain as well, Yeah. in reducing the power of these energy companies? Why are we fundamentally not taking the decisions that these European countries are taking? Because we're fundamentally not European, right? We, the, mo the majority of our political project over the last... Certainly last 40 years, arguably 50 years since the 70s, uh, has to become more American. Uh, and what that means is, is creating a neoliberal economic system and a more individualized social system, mm. which means uh, two things. It means in practice that our politics conditions us uh, to not uh, believe um, that the capacity of the state can be utilized to benefit us. Um, because we are given a mantra of the freedom of markets and the importance of business um, and budget deficits and stupid things like keeping down borrowing over 
uh, financing societal goods, but also the rise of individualism in the context of neoliberalism means that we have a very much diminished capacity for organized resistance. Mm. We are, we are, our collective capacity has been drilled out of us since the time of, of schooling, really. It permeates our education system and our media system to the extent that when the RMT have the audacity to produce a chain, a train strike, people are fucking shocked <laughs> that this thing's even legal. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out, lover of the, the unions. Um, <laughs> but like, but to the extent that people go, well, fucking hell, you can do that. No. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And it seemed like a bizarre form of resistance now because it's not something that's been done effectively for, last, for the last 50 years because it's the way that our society has been governed. So you ask, why do the French organize and why do the um, Spanish and the Portuguese and the Germans all feel like they've got the gumption to get away with it? Well, it's because their societies have been moderately more protected from this Americanization of their political system and their social systems. It's depressing. Uh, and it means that they, they do retain some semblance of collectivism. Uh, and their politics is as far to the right, um, which means that the, their state is still beholden to the service of its people to a marginally better extent than it is to the service of capital. Um, although the European Union aren't doing particularly much better in, in weathering the storm, the gas storm, so to speak. Um, but it's an inevitable endpoint of, 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 of allowing capital to become our dominant, um, our dominant actor in politics you know we replaced feudalism and monarchy disappeared and uh we were uh, as, as i said a couple times now as we entered a post-war world capital became the dominant entity over um either land or or a feudal or monarchic system um and the output of that is that the government and the means of government is run for the protection of capital not for the protection of of a feudal system or or monarchic um monarchic dynasty and so what that means is that actually even under a feudal system, you had to kind of behave a little bit because the peasants would stop fucking raking the land. But now it doesn't really matter if the peasants stop raking the land because you can condition them that if they don't work hard enough, they can't eat because we're not going to pay them enough money to survive otherwise. So how is this going to play out? Is she going to make it to 2024 with the general election? Yeah. Or is this going to blow up in her face before then? What is your prediction? So it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up fairly soonish. My prediction, as I've already stated, wasn't there something saying that there was something that was said that they tried to do a vote of no confidence, or there was something in the in the works for a vote of no confidence? Yeah, so on the, the day that she got it, so or something the Boris, silly. So the Boris backers were testing the policy through sympathetic journalists of um, putting letters of no confidence in to get Boris back in. Mental. So they were testing the appetite of getting Boris back in again, and I think that that's it's not an un, it's not an unreasonable thing to think that that may happen. Um, but what will happen is I think we go into a fairly fucked recession, uh, next year, um, kind of maybe potentially worse than 2008. Um, 2008 was a financial crisis and the government, uh, launched QE where they printed money to help people buy assets to get people out of, uh, of a, a true economic hole. But that's very inflationary. And so they can't do that this time because inflation is already a big issue. Yeah. And so when the economic crisis hits and people are defaulting on bills and eventually defaulting on mortgages as interest rates keep going up to fight inflation what we're going to have is a proper consumer recession uh, and that's going to be aggressive and it's going to be very hard for people uh, and that's going to happen i believe next year mm. and so they won't call a general election next year but what they're hoping is that they they come out of the back end of the recession and the economy starts to look like it's growing again by december 2024 and they could Look, we we're growing that. the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've weathered the storm and Beautiful. we're still we're, we're still standing. Uh, and so as I've said on this podcast before, I made the call 
that not only would Liz Truss win, um, but she will beat whoa, Keir Starmer at whoa, the next election. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's on the record. Whoa. You said Ben Wallace. Before before if he declared could, himself out. If you and could, then if you can when it was still my, like four friends, or five people in, I said friends, it would be Liz Truss and Rishi at the end. Liz friends, Truss would beat him and then would go on to beat Keir Starmer in general your, election. If you can change your bet, I can change my bet. Listen to the previous episode. You said Ben Wallace. Before he declared he was yeah, out. Yeah, but when it's down to like the final two. It was the final 50, five at the time. Shut the fuck Listen up. to it. Shut the fuck Anyway. Up. As soon as it went to the final five, everybody knew Liz Truss was going to win. Shut of the it fuck up. Um, she will beat Keir Starmer in the next general election. Are and you we, kidding me? Yeah, but we've had, again, we've had, the, we had, we did this on episode. You were like, oh, that's a triple bet. She, they will win. <laughs> Sounds like me. They will win in, uh, they will beat the, the Labour Party in 2024. They're already heading the polls. And we're now about to go through the largest jingoistic um, celebration of the death of empire that this country could possibly fucking conceive. This is about as oh, as rule Britannia depressing. that we could possibly get. So what they've done is they've hidden possibly the single most politically toxic policy that they'll have to enact. Are you slapping flies? Yeah, just saw a fly. Cool. Um, They'll, they've 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 been able to hide the single most politically toxic policy they'll have to pass for the next couple of years under the death of the queen, mm. and that is this explicit wealth transfer from workers to record making. She definitely companies. killed the queen, didn't she? I mean, it would suit. Yeah, she definitely. It would help. She's timed it nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it covers covers her, covers the mayor, covers a lot of bases. It's come at a very convenient time. We can get in trouble for lines like that, can't we? Allegedly. Allegedly, she. Yeah. Allegedly. Right. Well. Lose one, gain one. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've lost it in both senses, really. I would say this this list is probably going to fuck us harder than uh, than the Queen did. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, um, yeah, thank you for that. <sighs> do we go Chris Cabra or do we go Yeezy versus Adidas next? I feel like we could probably do with lightening up a little bit before we round off on the serious topic. Yeah, so look, you know me, I'm a... A Yeezy fan, both the trainers, both the trainers and the man. Embarrassingly, um, the man. Clearly, I'm not a fan of his this newer version of him. Um, but what's been happening in the in the last week or so has been centered around the Yeezy brand and its uh, issues with Adidas. Right now, many people will remember. I think it was what about a decade ago that marriage, that partnership, was formed when Yeezy left Nike and joined. Adidas, and what has then happened as a result is Yeezy's essentially gone from a brand that some people could get to a multi-billion-dollar business um, housed by Adidas, um, with shoes on the feet of many people in the world right now. But all apparently is not gravy ah. in Germany. Trouble in paradise, as Ye has been calling out Adidas since about a week and a half over the first slight being he released these Yeezy slides you know I've got these as well I've got a few Yeezys listeners by the way pathetic um, people all of you shout out all my Yeezy wearers I don't love them all but I do like the ones I like but he has these Yeezy slides right the slippers and Adidas released a sandal called the Adilette and clearly if you put these side by side there are some very striking similarities. Uh -huh. He said that it was a direct imitation. And then obviously the attacks went from being sporadic to quite intense and right. very personal. Right. 
Now, as I said, Yeezy is fully manufactured by Adidas. He doesn't own shares in Adidas, but obviously owns Yeezy. So it's mm -hmm. a partnership between what he owns and Adidas. Is there an expiration date on that contract? I, I'm assuming so. But it's like a 10-year deal or something. I, I'm assuming so. I don't know the details around that, but but it's a good question and it leads me on to something else um, that I can help answer. So they've got a design team, partly Adidas, partly Yeezy. So, you know, if you if you follow it, he often changes the designers of his clothing, changes the designers of, of, of his trainers. But obviously, a lot of the technology that went into the Yeezy kicks actually was Adidas. So like the first Yeezys all had the Ultra Boost technology, right. which is Adidas, yep. right? So it was a partnership in many, many ways. Um, but obviously he said, you've stolen my design. So please don't. Don't do that again, please. And then he did what he usually does, which is tweet or post and then delete that post. Yeah. Um, as soon as he done it. Then Adidas had this thing called Yeezy Day, which is similar to Nike Sneaker Day, where they basically release either a, a new marquee shoe, which they want to get out, or they decide they're going to go back into their vault and release a whole bunch of shoes, releasing them at various times of the day. And it's a raffle and you get a chance to win a bit of Nike history. Adidas now do the same thing with Yeezys. So like Yeezys that came out when the Yeezys first came out back then will be released with some of the newer, harder to get ones. So it all becomes like a very exciting day for a sneakerhead because you have a chance to get some very exclusive heat. So Yeezy day was in August and he logged into Instagram to basically say, that Yeezy Day 2022 had occurred without his consent and that Adidas was dropping a series of sneakers that he didn't approve. And then there was another trainer called the Adifoam, which came out, which also very much looked like the Yeezy Foam Runner, which is the one that everybody calls the crocodile shoe. Uh -huh. um, so last week, he then started posting again, started calling out Adidas executives, and especially one guy, this black guy called David, Daniel Cherry, um, unfortunately, some of his fans got involved and started creating photoshopped images of this poor guy who nobody knows, which was obviously classic Kanye West bullying. Mm -hmm. um, and then he revealed things to answer your question that Adidas have actually offered to buy him out of the agreement for a billion dollars. Wow. Sounds big, but the reality is that because of how much money he earns, he said that he's going to be earning like 500 million in royalties alone this year Holy shit. so clearly not a really good deal for him so he rejected that but what then happened is that a, quite a few high profile people including like swiss beats and even diddy came out and said adidas you're bugging we're gonna boycott you and that post was commented on by people like naomi campbell and famous footwear designers like stephen smith um and of course kanye west loaded that with the occasional reveal all of a text message exchange between him and Kim Kardashian regarding the school that the kids go to. So mm -hmm. obviously Kim Kardashian always catches strays when he yeah. goes on Instagram. Um, where we are right now is he has come out <laughs> basically today and said, I'm kind of taking it all back and please don't direct any haste to any of the Adidas designers <laughs> or any of the senior executives. And yeah. another part of this is obviously he's got the Adidas Gap thing going on. The what? Gap, you know, Gap the brand. Oh, the high street yeah. shop. So he's got a, an arrange, arrangement with them as well to make clothes. Okay. And that manifests itself in a, just a Yeezy Gap thing. And then he involved Balenciaga as well. So it's like a Yeezy Gap Balenciaga thing. Right. And he also accused Gap already 
and that agreement's only been like two or three years old. He abused, he's already accusing Gap of this, of stealing his designs right. for like sort of like their standard in shop. wasn't wasn't aware anyone still went to Gap. I thought I well thought, nobody I did, thought, and that's why they signed him actually. Right, I thought like when when Friends stopped running on Channel Four, people would stop shopping at Gap. Exactly, but right. to put it into perspective, on announcement alone, they, they had struck this partnership, this long-standing partnership with him. Their stock market value basically doubled. Really, in a couple of months. It's like a, it's like an outdated Uniqlo, isn't it? Basically, yeah, and it's all baggy H and M. Yeah, and it's all full circle for him because he used to actually work in retail at a Gap when he was young. Okay, so it was all a romantic story. Okay. He's, he hasn't released a great deal, and I bought one thing from the from the from the collection, but it was like a really weird hoodie, which basically looked like a fucking belly top on me because I'm white in it. Mm, um, okay. <laughs> um, so it's not really my bag, and the Balenciaga stuff is obviously too expensive. But he is now in this position where he feels like the people who he is partnering with are essentially stealing his ideas. Right. So it's caused quite a bit of a controversy. Yeah. Well known for uh, temperate uh, conflict resolution. Kind yeah. Of exactly. Now. You don't really know the story. No. I want to know, now that you've heard it from my mouth, what are your first thoughts that come to mind? And then I'll tell you how I feel about this whole thing. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen the products, but it sounds to me like Adidas uh, testing the way of spinning out of Kanye. Uh, it sounds like a way of dropping what is unfortunately becoming a more and more toxic public influence to be mm. uh, associated with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the context of the gap deal but i'm i'm aware of what yeezys are and how ridiculous people look with them on their feet um <laughs> except me including you no, no 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 uh but i'm also aware of how many people are willing to look ridiculous with them on their feet and that makes a lot of money so it would make sense that they would try and test the waters with their own product uh and take the bet that they've got better lawyers mm. um than kanye west because that's how these big companies do business and when yeah. they're effectively done with the creator um, they tend to come out on top. And look, I don't think, and you're right, you, you've hit quite a few things on the nail on the head there, but the reality is the following. Adidas will fucking suffer the day that Yeezy goes away. I think Yeezy's always been prepping to be a standalone brand, a high street retail brand of its own right. Merging trainers, clothing, and I think he had this plan for Yeezy home as well. So maybe he'll just do like household stuff. Hmm. So the day that comes, it's a long day for Adidas, right? Especially if he takes the business completely away from them and doesn't get bought out. Because Adidas were suffering before. Nike were killing it and still are killing it, right? Jordan became a billionaire fucking three times over as a result of just Jordans. And that's just one line yeah. of trainers that they do. So Adidas, Yeezy is the Jordan of Adidas, mm -hmm. right? So it would not make business sense for them to lose him. But to your point, there's only so much an organization can take when one of their main stars is combining erratic behavior with potential psychotic episodes which mm. involve uh, threatening behavior to Pete Davidson and what would appear to be quite abusive behavior to his wife and mm. all of this other stuff. Clearly from a ESG perspective and a corporate social responsibility and a shareholder's perspective, that's not a great deal to hang your hat on, right? It's not great for the environment. Not great for people. It's not great for everything else. But the reality is that brands do this all the time, right? When they hire or when they go into partnerships with designers, like proper designers like Kanye West, eventually, based on the hype model that somebody like Kanye West brings with him, which is, as I said at the start, not everybody can get them, they use the hype associated with him mm. to make other trainers more accessible to people who can't get the Yeezys. Mm. And they 
obviously price them at a much cheaper price point. It's the iPhone XR. So it's similar, but what people don't understand about places like Adidas is that they are actually categorized or they have different designing categories in-house. So like Adidas Originals is a, is a, is a house within Adidas. Swag, Ye- I Yeezy, like that. Yeezy, exactly. Yeezy is a house within Adidas. Um, and then there are like other partnerships with people like Parley and like Sean Witherspoon and all these other stuff. And sometimes they're quite separate within the building. So you might have designers absolutely who are taking inspiration from people like Kanye West, but it's still not a Yeezy. So Kanye West really shouldn't be that bothered about the fact that someone who is paying him handsomely for his designs and has given him this this unbelievable wealth. I'm going to say they've given him it because he's obviously earned it and it's obviously his designs. But he shouldn't be worried that there is knockoff versions of what is still a very premium sought after product because mm-hmm. you still rarely have Yeezy releases which sit on shelves nearly fucking seven, eight, nine years later. Mm. Um, Nike do it all the time. You know, they may have the amount of, you, you can look at, you can buy a pair of Air Force Ones or you could buy a pair of trainers. I don't know, they might be called something like a courtyard, which look exactly like an Air Force One, yeah. but are just like 40, 50 pounds cheaper. Yeah. Because not everybody can afford the ever the super inflationary- the, the only fucking one way going price yeah, trend. The, the inflationary of an Air, Force One, right? Air Force One prices that are getting out of control now. Not everybody can afford that. So Nike needs to be everything for everyone, right? Yeah. So naturally they're going to do that. And I think that's all Adidas are doing here. Clearly there's going to be situations where other brands, whether it be Stella McCartney, who also has Adidas brand, uh, branded trainers, use similar technology, use similar designs because it's proven track record. This shit works. People are buying Kanye West stuff off the shelf. Let mm. me get a bit of that. Um, but I don't think that he really has other than just like a creative annoyance, much more of a right to stand on a high horse and be like, you're stealing my designs because make no fucking mistake. The very first Yeezy trainer, the added the Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 mm. is a direct copy of the Nike Roshi Run, which came out years before. I think I had those. We all had those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Yeezy copied them. It's this idea of a foamy sole yeah. with a knitted upper. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty much pretty a basic. sock-like, yeah, yeah. you know, fit. So he isn't really within his rights to say anybody's copying anybody because the Yeezy 350 V2s is just an upgraded version of the V1s. Yeah. It's the same shit, right? Are we gonna are we gonna call him a an uh, an, an originator knowing that the the most popular Yeezy, the Wave Runner 700, is essentially just a glorified dad shoe, and we know that dad shoes came from New Balance basically and yeah. these other places. We're we gonna are we gonna accuse him of that? So other than like a creative annoyance. He doesn't really have a right to. And I guess this is a much wider conversation about like ownership as well. Like if you're not in the boardroom, if you are not a owner of the company, then ultimately you still are to an extent a client. An employee. An employee. Yeah. Right. Um, And I guess he's kind of in the middle ground between being a client and an employee. Um, He's still a partner, but it is still an employee because they can ultimately pull the plug on it. Yeah. And, if you're not on the board, which he deserves to be at Adidas, he deserves to be at Gap, then you can't make these issues. You can't make these issues out of nothing. And ultimately you have to take a couple of L's. What I will say though, is I'm getting quite disheartened by how many people I know and or follow who are consistently clicking like on these posts and sharing these outbursts and these quite egregious displays of horrible behavior to other people. 
So all the people I know, please stop that because I'm judging you. I am judging you. It's very culty, this mad, bruv. Kanye West following. Yeah, it's mad. Which I'm kind of thinking like, how much juice is left in the Kanye fruit? Loads. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this guy manages to reinvent himself for the generations after us with unbelievable effect, right? He's not just, you know, he came out in 2003, so a lot of his fans have grown with him. And I think he's lost some of the older fans, but he's always been really, really good at reinventing himself. And I think fashion is one of the ways that he does that. If, if you see the things that he's designing for, for Gap and, and the music that he's making, it's with younger artists, with newer artists. He's always got his finger on the pulse. And the designs that he's coming out are very much targeted at younger people. Mm. So he has this really, really great ability of reinventing himself and making himself more appeal, um, appealing to younger generations. And of course, he's a genius. He's one of the most important, talented artists Man. we've had, right? So the music's going to speak for itself. And the music's fallen off a bit to an extent. Big time. But he can still, he still knows how to make the music that people like. He does know how. I mean, the last album was fucking awful. But no, I mean, Donda wasn't, but... It was but dog again, shit. But anyway... I, you should return to it. No. But anyway. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, a bit, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a risky one. Because like... Yeah, okay. So he's provided a creative impetus which is world that i just don't i can never really get my head around or whatever but like fundamentally the capacity of getting the shoes from a drawing board to shelves is is driven by adidas right so like as an example when liverpool changed shirt sponsor to new balance uh for a hot minute mm -hmm. there was a major pre-season crisis because new, new balance didn't have the production or yeah. the distribution capacity to get the kits out to asia in time for the pre-season tour yeah. right if Yeezy decides to defect from adidas who the fuck's going to make the shoes for him you'd be surprised how many brands are willing to categorically change their business process to have a Kanye West on board. You think? I'm talking... If That's Kanye, why I asked the question about Kanye, how much is, how much juice is really left I in think, this bro, fruit. I think his, his stock trading is, one way at the moment. His stock is sky high because you know what it's like in, in, in Wall Street? Capitalism, right? So it's just about ultimately how much you can bring in. And he played the Yeezy rollouts to perfection because yeah. at the beginning you couldn't get the Yeezys on most drops, right? And he said at the beginning, everyone's gonna get them, but that process of making them much more available has basically been like a six, seven, eight year process. So only now can you freely set, go with confidence, uh, feeling like you're gonna get a Yeezy when they drop, right? Yeah. So he understands hype, he understands the hype machine. If he were to leave Adidas tomorrow and let's say said, you know, made a call to Puma, who, uh, well, they just signed Skepta as they the, did. Shout out Skepta, by the way. Pick up that one. T-shirt he was yeah. wearing in that in that in that announcement post was fucking Hard. fire. I need Hard. that shit. Hard, yeah. um, but if he was to do a Skepta and go over there, they would change their business overnight. They would. They would buy more factories. They'd give him everything he wants because they know that the net result would be give it one, two, three years, billion dollars coming into Puma. I don't know Gen X. No, not Gen X. What are they? Gen Z as they're coming up now. If there's one thing they love doing is cancelling people. And Kanye is very much on the tightrope of just about know, to be cancelled. Uh, bro, this guy said, like, slavery is a choice. Can't bounce back. This guy's been bullying his wife in public continually. Only so many of those you get, right? I, so I get that you get, like, so you get some I polarized get point, diehards, like, right? But you'll get to a point where he'll say something or do something to, cut to, to Kim or the kids. And the brand becomes toxic and Adidas have to get rid. Which is, again goes back to the question: How much juice is left? In the unless Kanye he does fruit? some, unless he does something like unforgivable, which, despite all of his madness, he still hasn't done. Yep. Fair. Unless he does something unforgivable, 
he can sort of walk this tightrope of just doing like- And there's value. Very, there is value in the tightrope. I understand 100%. there's big value in the tightrope. The yeah. tightrope sells. I don't know. I just, if I'm, if I'm, if I've, if I've got to, if I'm Adidas and I've got to sign another 10 year contract, and again, I haven't looked at the balance sheet. I don't know what the percentage of Adidas revenues is tied up in Yeezys. But if I'm, if I'm, I think it's like sixty-five percent or something do you think? dumb. No, no, it is. It's something dumb. I'm telling you, Adidas was suffering when they took him on, but because they are this hundred, two hundred year old organization, they yeah. have the infrastructure you were talking about. Bringing on a, a, a guy like him yeah. wasn't as heavy a lift, but he still transformed their business. Sure, he's transformed it, but the trade's done now, right? I'm guessing there's someone who can. I'm guessing there are other stars on earth who could provide. A comparable value, if not immediately making the same numbers up front. You don't want to don't fucking, come with the baggage. You don't want to like an Adidas trainer by Harry Styles, though, do you? No. You probably wear that, though, to be fair. No, but, but, but there are other, I mean, there are other creators. There's a reason that Louis Vuitton signed Virgil Abloh as opposed to Kanye West, right? There are other there are other creatives waiting in the wings, right? And again, I, I if I were the if I were the CEO of Adidas, and I'm thinking about the next ten years, and I'm thinking of potentially dropping Kanye, the first thing I do would be to try rip off his shoes and yeah. test them and see if we can sell them ourselves. Yeah. And look, when he goes, there's no doubt there's going to be some very similar trainers that Adidas drop. Popping out they will, they will not sell because people are buying into Ye, right? People are buying into Kanye. And, yeah. that, and that's the one thing that needs to to change if, a, if there's going to be any change in his fortune. People need to see him as not being this hero, this inspiration. That has to change. And look, I think, I think it would be a shame if that happened because this guy is truly truly he's a genius he's gifted he's just really really troubled and he is in this really really weird space where irrespective of how egregious his behavior is people are clicking like on that shit you know and then he 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 manages to find ways of using his kids as justification for all this fucking behavior that he does which is mad and people are still clicking like and it's just like i just wish people just wouldn't you know what i mean i wish people wouldn't reward this behavior whether or not there's an acknowledgement that he needs help or not i just mm. wish people would just not feed into it but that's celebrity but yeah, it's very, very interesting and I'll be keen to see how this develops. I think the end result will be that Yeezy will be a brand on the uh, on the, um, on the the high street. I think his ego will inevitably lead to him splitting. Yeah, it will happen. Anyway. He will engineer an exit without a doubt and it, this might be the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, what will be interesting from a fashion perspective as somebody who is an owner of Yeezy is how that translates to technology. Who will be making the trainers? Who makes the trainers obviously has a huge impact on the price. Kanye West has always coined himself as being sort of on the higher end mm. of fashion. Are people going to go from buying a cheap Yeezy slide from Adidas at, what was it? I don't know, 50, 60, 70 pounds to going and buying it independently because it's made from a manufacturer who doesn't have the scale of Adidas and therefore the price is 150 pounds mm. for a slide. Maybe that's when we'll see the empire fall a little bit. So maybe his fortunes are wedded to being next to a massive corporation mm. like Adidas. We will see. But either way, I think he's going to end up on the high street anyway. Um, so that's that's the end goal. I think he's too egotistical to have his to share the limelight at this 100%. stage in his career. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, watch this space. Um, and uh, who knows, man, if that brand becomes something big, his fortune will go crazy because it might he, he might go public. You know? Good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to him. But I just think um, everything he so designs is shit. the sky is potentially so. the limit for that guy. I just hope he gets the help that he deserves. But yeah, shout out to everybody who is um, shaming themselves by continually liking this crazy yes, behavior. As if wearing the I'm shoes. I'm seeing all of you. Isn't embarrassing enough. Um, yeah. Interesting. That's just my little geek moment. I like this stuff. This kind of, this kind of conversation is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, before we get into relationship advice, 
I didn't really want to talk about this because for obvious reasons, there was uh, a police murdering um, this week. 24 year old Chris Cabar, who was soon to be a dad and was engaged, was shot dead by armed police officers in Streatham following a police chase. I think it was automated license plate recognition, which had the police chase Chris in his Audi. And after a chase, he got hemmed in by two police cars in a narrow residential street before a round was fired into the driver's side of the car with Chris driving. The result being his death. Um, they tried to resuscitate him. He taken to the hospital. He died later that night. And the police watchdog, the IOPC, said that after inspecting the vehicle that he was in, looking for a gun, they obviously found nothing. The only gun that was significant in that incident was the one that was used to kill Chris. Um, now, clearly the investigation is ongoing. He was part of, and this is this speaks to the narrative that is being spun right now about him posthumously. He was part of a MOBO award-winning rap group, Six Seven. Now, if you know who they are, you can say what you want to say about them, but no matter what the content of their music is, no matter what the history is of some of those group members is, nobody deserves, by virtue of association, to be killed and murdered. Um, and as I said, he was a soon-to-be father who had just recently begin, been engaged. Naturally, his parents um, are heartbroken and they are calling for the surrounding communities they're calling for the Met Police to ensure that this is not forgotten about because one thing I will say is that if you're hearing about Chris Cabber for the first time from this podcast, that's no fucking surprise because basically there's not been a great deal of coverage over here. Mm -hmm. um, so the message is very, very clear from the family. We need to keep this story prominent and we need to continually assert pressure on the authorities to ensure that the investigation is properly conducted into what was a vicious murder. Now, there's been a lot of naysayers, obviously, who said that he had a previous, I don't know, a previous case, or uh, I guess involving a, a firearm or possession of a firearm, all these things that are being said about this 24-year-old after he's been killed. And I don't want to stress this too much. I just want to call it what the fuck it is. Um, it was clearly a hit. I don't know what circumstance which would have arisen, especially days after another rapper in central London was shot and killed in something that wasn't necessarily to do with the police. I don't know what circumstance would have arisen in Streatham, which would have had two police cars surrounding him, but still feeling like they needed to put a bullet through the car. I don't know what would have what would have sparked that, but the unfortunate reality is that when you are black and when you are young, it doesn't really take a great deal for that to be the outcome. Um, 
it puts to bed all of these fucking myths about, you know, if you if you come from a broken home, if you haven't got a father figure, you're going to end up this way eventually. This was somebody who had a very loving family, mum and dad at home, church going religious, African family, and the outcome was still the same. This is somebody who, to my knowledge, unless you're going to correct me, didn't have a criminal record. Mm. But the reality is that this 24 year old is the latest young man who looks like me, who has been killed after an alteration with the police. And my heart is heavy. I didn't want to talk about this when we were talking about topics today. And there's not a great deal to say other than rest in peace to Chris Cabar. Amen. Uh, condolences to the family. Amen. Justice needs to be served. None of us are holding our breaths because we know how this goes. Um, and honestly, I'm just, I've said it a few times on this podcast and it doesn't always relate to, to young black men being killed. It just seems to be whenever the police are involved with this kind of stuff. I'm just tired of this being the outcome, right? And I'm sick of it. We are all, we are all sick of it. His mum put it perfectly right. My fear is that if my son wasn't black, he'd still be here. Yeah, I mean, and going on kind of bodies of available evidence, she's kind of, auntie's kind of got a point. Um, the line I think they came out with was something along the lines of the vehicle itself um, was noted as potentially having been involved in an incident earlier yep. in the day. I don't know what kind of incident requires multiple... Uh, police cars with numerous armed officers to do a very hard stop, a head-on collision, I think they did, yeah. um, to pull him on the side of the road and then shoot someone with such urgency that you don't actually check whether or not they're armed having crashed into them. Um, that's like, again, that's like either active murder inquiry or someone on the run or some kind of terror incident level response, um, which ostensibly seems extremely unlikely that um, Chris Campbell was involved in. Um, you can only imagine that this is a, a classic um, trigger-happy copper um, who needed an excuse, and the excuse was that it was late at night and the fellow was black. Um, and that's, that's, that's job done, unfortunately. Um, but this it's another horrific crime of Her Majesty's Constabulary, um, another instance of the state executing a citizen extrajudiciously um, and an awful, awful event for another family dealing with a loss. Um, so, as you said, there, what else is there to say beyond it's incumbent on everyone to maintain the pressure um, and ensure that coverage doesn't get lost in this um, jubilee noise uh, or the funeral noise? Uh, and that the police are uh, pushed to not only conduct a swift uh, internal inquiry, but um, are pushed to see that um, justice is done for Chris's family and that the uh, officers involved, um, if or when found to have acted um, unprofessionally, are held accountable for their actions. Mm. Um, and yeah, just uh, Christ knows how you would even deal with something like this, but... Thoughts and love and prayers to auntie, uncle and, and all of the family. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, we know how it is. I'm sure six, seven would be in, and I don't want to talk too much, but I'm sure six, seven will be in tracked. Um, I'm, so, I'm sure that they're on a list. I'm sure because of some of the problems of the group, 
it's all linked for me. None of this is a coincidence. Um, I'm just really, really sad that somebody who had his whole life ahead of him, who, you know, I listened to some of his music, is actually pretty decent. Um, not particularly in my genre of music being uh, being drill mainly, but decent. And obviously six, seven and mobile award winners, they were being targeted. And it's just a shame that this is what it has come to. There's absolutely no reason this should have happened. I don't know why there is an Americanization of our police force here, which sees us shoot first and ask questions after, um, especially if you are in a car, um, take out the tires. I don't know. I don't know. Shoot at the tell back. Tell him to get out. Yeah. Tell him to get out. Shoot at the back of the car so that you put the fear of God in him. So he knows you are, you have a gun on him and that is a possible You've already outcome. head on crashed him. Right. You've crashed into him. It could have ended so differently. Um, and the reality is that, you know, we still, we still um, have police officers who want this to end um, in only one way. Um, we need to segue hella aggressively to relationship advice yeah, to pick up the mood because, yes. boy, I can't, I can't deal with it, man. I, I'm at that stage in my life now where I'm proactively, not, it's not on an ignorance is bliss type thing, but I can't continually ingest these stories. Mm. You know, the stakes are high for me. I'm a parent. This stuff, like, I don't want to leave the house with fear. I don't want to raise mine with fear in them. But the reality is that we are so far removed from ever being in a situation where I don't have to raise them with that fear. Mm. And that is very disheartening. Um, but yeah, let's sort out someone's love life before I start crying. <laughs> uh, bit of a sticky one this week. Hey! Bit of a sticky one this week. This is kind of maybe one of the first ones where I've felt like this might be above our pay grade. Okay. Uh, my boyfriend and I have been together for two and a half years. Okay. Um, we met on a night out um, and since then uh, have gotten very close. He's a little bit older than me. I'm 27 and he's 34. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it's, he was the first older man that I'd ever been that's with. That's not an older man, is it? At 27. Anyway, 27 years. That's perfect, to be honest, for him. Well, I mean, well, well. Um, over the last two and a half years, um, we've spoken a few times uh, about our future together. Uh, and I'm aware that although I'm on a clock, uh, he is further down the track than I am. Um, I have made it clear, however, that marriage isn't something that I'm immediately prepared for and nor our children, and he has said that he is ready to make the jump when I am. Ooh. Last week, he went away on a business trip, okay. and I was doing some spring cleaning. Oh, God. When I was going through the drawers, I found a wedding ring. Oh. I feel like he has ignored my wishes, and I feel also like I'm scared that he hasn't listened to the fact that I'm not ready to get married. Oh, man. We are going to visit his grandparents in Tanzania in November, and I'm worried that he's going to pop the question then. Oh, God. I've told him that I'm very excited to visit, and we have a week and Zanzibar booked as part of it, and it seems like this is the obvious outcome. Oh, this is sticky. What do I do? This is sticky. Do. I'm not going to lie. This is sticky. This one I feel like is it's above pay grade. <laughs> uh, this is a tricky one. 
First of all, my guy, like, fucking hell, man. Put the ring somewhere. Somewhere, else, somewhere better, innit? Somewhere better, Come bro. on, what are you doing? Just the small spring cleaner she found you, bro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Come Jesus on, man. Christ. Just Leave it at your boy's house or something, or your mum's or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> frigging boxes, boxer drawers. She's like, oh, what's this? Like, it's a box. Like, Boom. Box. Yeah, there it is. Um, look, I'm going to guess the race. And I'm going to say she's certainly not African because... He's African women. They want to be married quicker and quicker these days. Immediately. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm going to say she's very white. Um, she's European. I wouldn't go with very white, but okay. she's certainly European. All right, fine. Um, look, with this stuff. She's like factor 20, <laughs> not 50. <laughs> with this stuff, conversation is going to need to be very, very, very critical. Now, <sighs> 27 years old. She's already mentioned that she's got a clock, right? So she's aware of that. I personally think, you know, that's... That's what, too young to be worried about the yeah, clock. exactly. That's too young 100%, to worry about the clock. 100%, 100%. Um, there are plenty of low-risk pregnancies and births well into the 30s. But each case, obviously, is different. But to your point, way too early to be talking about clocks. However, you do have to understand, and you do take some responsibility for getting with somebody at that age who is naturally going to be at that stage quicker than you. Mm. If you stay with a person who's just about in their early 30s and they're moving towards their mid 30s and you're with them for a couple of years, it is naturally acceptable for him to think, yeah, this is the person at this stage in my life that I see myself being with. You, madam, haven't been managing those subtle clues and those subtle hints that women drop all too regularly very well. I think that's unfair. No, it's not. Let, me, it's let un- me land. Please continue. Because we all know when it comes to like marriage and all of these things, it's very rarely this fucking speculative thing where he just pops out of nowhere. Because my man has to know what type of ring you want. My man has to know your ring size. My man, man needs to know like whether or not marriage is something that you're interested in. And all of these things take place in relationships over the course of some time. It might right. be the odd dinner here where it brought up, or how do you feel about marriage? Do you see yourself getting married? Mm-hmm. And the woman might say something like, yeah, yeah, at some point. Like that kind of stuff takes place over time. It's very rarely, I think, very rarely does a man just say, I know her size. I know exactly the ring she wants. Bang, going to buy it. Boom proposal didn't see it coming very rarely man uh, marriage proposals are very managed processes is what i'm trying to say so i think she takes some responsibility for this guy feeling like she would say yes because i don't think you get that from out of nowhere at the same time that doesn't necessarily solve her problem because here she is looking at this box thinking, fuck, this is too soon. Maybe I've changed my mind. Maybe she's had a change of heart. I think this is make or break because if you do not want to marry this guy anytime soon, you are potentially leaving him on ice and delaying his process of baby making. Now, the advantage is he's a guy and a guy can have a kid whenever the fuck he wants. He can Mm. get married whenever the fuck he wants. But maybe he doesn't want to do that because let's face it, Having kids isn't an old man's game, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have energy. You have to have all of that. So this is kind of make or break. She has to 
be very explicit now that she has found this box and not try to like dance around So do you it. think she should con she confront it straight she up? She has to. I found the ring, baby. What's I found up? the ring. We need to have a conversation because that could mean that it ends up being one of two outcomes. Either she decides he's dead keen on doing it in 18 months and she's not ready, so they have to break up. Or through conversation, she might find out this guy mm. is willing to say, all right, cool, I'll give it to your 30. Because for him, that'll be 37, not too bad. Mm. Maybe they can do other big sort of statements of commitment in the meantime, like maybe buying a house together. Maybe they have, I don't know, whatever it may be. Yeah, right? I like that. That's a nice idea, yeah. But either way, that conversation has now become an accelerated one. Mm. So when he gets back from his business trip, he will enter the house. He will go right. into the kitchen. He will see a box. He will to be open. Yes. And she'll be standing there. With saying, a glass of red wine. We need to talk. Yes. <laughs> but do you not feel, do you not feel she has told him that marriage, marriage is something that she's not ready for? Do you not feel like he has, do you not feel she has a right? I think she said she uh, feels like he's not taken her, her concerns seriously. Or he's not taken her views seriously. And she feels betrayed that having expressed that she's not ready for marriage, he's still bought a ring. <sighs> There do you is, think she's right in that grievance? I guess you could say that. Because essentially 80% of our relationship advice segments come down to communication. Mm. And it doesn't seem like there's been a fault of communication on her part here. Mm. It seems like she's been clear and he's made his mind up. I just don't think he would, right? You don't take that risk as a man mm. thinking you're going to have your proposal said no to. Do you think she's actually not been as clear as she thinks 100%. she has? Because women don't do that. Women, that never happens. <laughs> This is Johnny Vivas with that <laughs> statement, labeling and branding all of you women under the same <laughs> bucket. Um, I think you're right though. Like there is, like bro, there's, I, don't, I've ne I mean, I'm not, it's, I've never, it's never happened to me, but like, mm. can you imagine like your proposal being rejected, a marriage proposal being rejected? Mm. That's the kind of wahala man does not need mm. to experience, not even once in life, right? So would you take that risk? Unless you're like some absolute fucking weirdo who's just like, fuck it, I'm an opportunist. Opportunist. Let's see how it goes. Fucking Leroy Jenkins. You know, I mean? you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> unless you're that person, why would you do it unless you had some inkling that this might so, go your way? So you raise an interesting point, Richard. Please. So I'd like to enter. Please enter. My own views. <laughs> the question I have for you, baby girl, in this state of confidence that you're exuding, mm. is how do you know the ring is for you? Big fucking question. How do you know the size fit? Did you try? That's a very good question. Did you put it on? That's a very good question. Did you, did you, is it the, is it the stone you asked for? Yeah. Is it the setting yeah. that you've spoken about? Is it from <laughs> the jeweler? You've, oh, you didn't visit a jeweler together. Mm. Hatton Garden did not mm. get visited. Is he on any other holidays before? How frequent are these Tanzania. business trips? Yes. <laughs> just just trying it out there can you imagine if he comes home from a business trip the ring's on the table she's standing there with a the red wine talking about we need to talk and he's like don't touch Lisa's ring <laughs> <laughs> or or who knows maybe a really nice resolution of this will be him basically saying this, this is what I'd fucking do by the way if I thought that she wasn't going to say yes Go on. after I got back from the business trip I'd be like 
oh yeah, no, 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 that's not for you. That's just like my mother, that's an heirloom. That's my mother's engagement mm. ring. And uh, the day that I'm ready for for proposal, that's going to be the ring it's I use. There. It's there that, that'll in the be lockup. The, that'll be the out. That's the backup. That'll I like that's, that's quite a good out to yeah, be fair. That'll be yeah. the out for me. Um, but then she went out. But so, I'd probably so still have to 40. end it with her. Yeah, yeah, but I'd probably still, yeah, she probably would do that. She probably would. So but, who are you waiting for? <laughs> they'd probably still have to end, right? Because I don't, I don't know. Do relationships survive the failed marriage proposal? Oh, interesting. Can you Google it? <laughs> okay, why are you talking? Can you Google it? So for me, I think, uh, uh, taking this semi-seriously, uh, I think it's a confronters. Yeah, it's a big confronters. Uh, it's a- What am I Googling, by the way? This is the maddest Google search I've done in my life. <laughs> I do marriages survive rejected marriage proposals? I'm gonna go out on a limb and suggest you probably Googled weirder shit than that, but- To be fair. Um, I think she has to confront it. I think she has to say, look, I found your ring. And she has to do that because she has to understand the sensitivity of it to him, right? If she does care about this person, then she'll understand that this is a large commitment. Well, a prima facie should be a large commitment from him and it will be distressing for him to find out that his surprise has been rumbled, right? And so she should care about that emotional journey that he's going to have to go through. And so she shouldn't let it linger until he does propose in Zanzibar because that's fucked because she's, by the sounds of it, going to say no and letting, having let him take her on holiday to meet the grandparents before that happens. Um, so she should confront it mm. for the good of her and for the good of him and for the good of whatever kind of relationship she may want to save. Um, so if you don't confront it, the relationship fails. But if you do, then there's still a chance to walk through. But have you found the statistics? Oddly enough, there are no such statistics. There aren't, no. I mean, <laughs> who's collecting that data? Um, Fuck's sake. Um, so she has to confront it. And I think she has to be clear I think she has to make a view. I think she also, unfortunately, she has to make her mind up. And she doesn't necessarily have to commit to marrying him now. But she needs to make her mind up on whether or not marriage is something that she can see in the next few years. And if this guy is someone that she can conceive marrying, if she is to get married in the next few years. But this is the thing. It begs the question, right? Like It begs the question. Like, if you're not willing to, after two, I mean, two and a half years isn't a long time to be with someone before you start talking marriage. It yeah. is quite quick. And I can understand why it's happened real. because two and a half... But you, at the same two and a half years easier to make your mind up when you're 34 than when you're 27. Yeah, but right? I think it's safe to say that women are better at understanding at that stage whether or not the guy they're with is the one at mm. that stage, right? And we all know marriage doesn't fucking change anything, right? Mm. Like marriage is just a fucking document, as they all say. Is so if she isn't ready at 27, going on 28 or whatever it is, with this guy in mind, then. They're, just, they're essentially just kicking a can down the road. Mm. And if she doesn't see him like that now, when will she see him like that? Yeah, when? I'm going to say toxically it's a great age to break up. I mean, It's a yeah, great age to be single. But it's also getting cold, bruv. So it's also it, getting very cold outside. Yeah, it, that, that is true. That is true. Although conversely does work in favor on these hinge streets. It's oh, yeah. not a tactic I'm willing to get into at this moment in time. Okay. Um, but uh, I think for the sake of you both, that after two and a half years, I mean, he's 34. You're right in that men have time. However, you also made the point that he might not want to wait until he's 37 or 38. He certainly doesn't want to wait for 37 or 38 for someone to find out they don't want to marry him. Exactly. Because that's fucked. Exactly. Because then what's he start? Then he's bidding 40 by the time yeah, he actually... Yeah, then yeah. that's bleak. It's long. It? Uh, so... Uh, I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, as I always say, one of my favorite mantras is you can only play the chessboard in front of you. And as it turns out, your chessboard is stacked to shit. Hmm. So you have to confront it. And in, in the time that you're confronting it, you also kind of need to make a decision on whether or not you're going to marry this guy. And yo, look. And that's bleak. That's horrendous. But that's, that's your chessboard. 
Yeah. Do you want to marry him? If you don't want to marry him now, but you can see it happening in a couple of years, then don't. you communicate that and it's up to him but to, to make question, a decision whether or not he's happy to wait. But then the question becomes like, if you see yourself marrying this guy in the future, then, then why not do it now? Do it now. Well, because she might not want the change in lifestyle, right? She well, might have friends none. who are single. She might have da 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 da. It doesn't he might, it. he might, okay. So well, then they might need to have a conversation on, on the lead time between marriage and kids, because he might be able to take the bargain that, okay, we get married, but we're not having kids for another four or five mm. years. And that's fine. But I just want to make this commitment to you. And I want you to make this commitment to me, yeah. but I don't really want you to change your lifestyle. And if she's happy on those terms, maybe, maybe that's something that she agrees to, but she needs to confront it. I agree with you. It's mm. become Machiavellian. You can't put this one um, off. Uh, what was Machiavelli? Machiavelli said that an issue that isn't confronted becomes a problem. Exactly. And unfortunately, you now have a big issue. Uh, Absolutely. And, and before it becomes a problem for you both, yeah. stand to talk. Now stop snooping around these fucking boxes. What do you mean spring cleaning? Shut up. Yeah, the, you were looking for that shit. That's a straight line. What fuck you mean? She was rummaging. <laughs> Proper rummage. <laughs> spring cleaning. You know what my mum always used to say? Don't go looking in places you aren't invited because you might find something you didn't want to look Exactly. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, keep your yes. suggestions, submissions, I should submissions. say. Submissions. Uh, coming in. That was quite um, a hard one. Yeah, that's quite difficult. But I think we nailed it because, yeah, the communication is going to be key there. Mm -hmm. She's got to, she's got like cold feet about it all. Yeah. And she's got to just like, she's got to get more comfortable with the idea, especially if this is the guy. If it's not the guy, then can we stop wasting time? I'm yeah. 34. I need to find my wife. Yeah. Mary will be free, um, baby. You know what I mean? Um, new music. Um, I mean, I, I, there's not, I don't think anything's come out in the last week, but what did come out, which is bloody incredible, is the We Cry Together video from Kendrick Lamar's album. Um, what's it called again? Uh, Mr. Steppers. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yes. Uh, I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, the new single um, is basically like a little mini movie. Uh, oh, yeah. If you know the song We Cry Together, it's basically about... Um, well, it's in sort of like li being in the living room of two people having a really, really bad argument. Um, a couple are having a bad argument. Oh, that one was good. I like that one. Right. So they've done a video for it, which she is basically like a mini well. film. And it's incredible. Um, so check that out. Uh, well, there's well, an album that everyone was hyping about as well. Which one? I can't remember the name. Asane, Asake or something. Fuck knows. Oh, no. I didn't see it. To be honest, I've been so out of loop this week just because of how busy life has been. I'll probably miss that shit. But yeah, that's a video you guys need to check out. It's kind of like slowly creeped out. Oh, yeah. The Forever Story by Jid um, is one of the best hip hop albums that come out this year after Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It's big claims. It's huge. Big it's amazing. But he's made. a phenomenal, phenomenal rapper and the album is dope. Um, Johnny, it's been a pleasure. As always. Um, thanks for having me. Get some burgers down you because no. with this cost of living crisis, nope. I don't want to pay you nope. any of my money. I'm actually I'm actually starving myself in preparation for the Tory winter. Lovely. Um, you know where we're going to be. Um, we'll be back very, very soon. You know where to find us. Shout out for the support as always. Thanks. R.I.P. Lizzie. You did your thing. You did your thing. Uh, well, more importantly, R.I.P. Chris Cabot, to be honest, because R.I.P. Chris Cabot. That was he. Lizzie wasn't murdered by the state, although she was murdered by the prime minister allegedly. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> bye. Peace.